welcome everyone to the podcast and to Facebook. It's Jemima House and I'm talking today with Sarah Vittori, who is a somatic experiencing practitioner amongst other amazing healing and witchy things. I'm very <laughs> pleased to have her here. Hi, Sarah. Welcome. Hi. Thanks so much for having me today. It's a pleasure. Yeah, really yeah. good. This is one of my most favorite things to do is to have interesting conversations with um, anybody who works in the field of mind, body, spirit, magic. That's what yes. I'm going to call it. Because <laughs> to me, it's like, how do we enjoy being a human? You know, right. that's, that's kind of the broadest, the broadest description, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I would really love to hear a little bit more about um, what brought you to this space. Like, how did you how did you get here to what you do? <laughs> yeah, well, it's kind of a roundabout journey, but I was a guidance counselor in a high school and stepped into that space and said, oh no, I don't wanna be in a system. <laughs> I don't wanna deal with politics and didn't really have any clue what I was getting myself into and very quickly overworked myself and burnt myself out and found myself in those patterns. And my father is an internationally known sports performance consultant. And so he was like, oh, come work for me. So I started to train and closely mentor with him and he infuses somatic experiencing into his work. So mm -hmm. he said, do the training and then quit your job. So I was working at the school and did the somatic experiencing training and, and through that three-year training really uh, realized how shut down I had been and really in sort of that high performing perfectionism, overriding and doing, and um, but was pretty shut down and disconnected from any of my truth or desires or actually what was physically happening in my system, which was a lot of breakdowns, a lot of autoimmune issues, a lot of weird things. It was the kid that got <laughs> the, we the weird things. So yeah. Um, yeah, so doing that, I really then decided to sort of take take medical leave. And that once I did that, I <laughs> did a bunch of other trainings sort of helped me connect to uncovering my truth and figuring out that I was a person separate from what was expected of me. And through that was like, why am I putting all this energy and effort into the system that's, that's actually killing me? Mm -hmm. And instead, reoriented to sort of starting my own business and did a lot of work. And I still do with athletes who have performance blocks and sort of getting some referrals from my father, but also simultaneously diving more into the things that were lighting me up that are really juicy for me, which is really working with lots of folks and their bodies and following synchronicities and working with the quantum and healing and magic and uncovering my ancestry connections and all of these threads over the last six years or so not working <laughs> for someone else. Really amazing. Yeah. So, so amazing. And, and the piece that interests me the most is dealing with high performance and and also bringing in this very holistic yes. way of approach and yes it, i mean it it's quite unusual it's quite an unusual approach and uh, it i think it's so needed 
Could yeah. you describe in in a short way, just for listeners, what um, somatic experiencing is? Sure. So somatic experiencing is a modality that was created by Peter Levine, where it's looking at our mammalian biology and we're looking at how we're wired as mammals and how we're governed by our protective programs. So above all else, we're ma mammals and we're wired to survival. So all of our drive, all of our choices, all of our decision gets filtered through what our body is perceiving to be safety or the safest path, uh, path that we take. And so depending on sort of our families and, and the environments our parents grew up in and our ancestry, we're holding all of these patterns and all of these ways that um, our system has survived in the past, depending on our lifetimes and our ancestry. And so with somatic experiencing, we're helping reconnect to the body's natural ability to come into a natural regulation cycle, to come in to be able to hold the spectrum of experience. A lot of times I think there's a lot of buzzwords now around nervous system regulation and, and all these things, lots of people are talking about it, which is really good. And there's a misconception that regulation means like, I'm just calm all the time. Mm -hmm. And really what this is about, right, is expanding our capacity to be able to be in cycles, to be able to be in extreme and hold extreme states of emotion that our brilliant bodies are designed to do and to be able to move and come out of that. Because a lot of what times that happens is we get stuck in a particular way or we're stuck trying to complete a pattern or we're stuck in a survival trigger and we're not completing, we're not helping the system come out. So somatic experiencing is about bringing in somatic awareness and then also becoming aligned with what your body is asking of you, what your body is actually designed to do. And I geek out on this stuff because it's amazing, sort of the, mm -hmm. the science behind the body and the way the field that we live in and, and the capabilities that we have. And oh, it's just shut down. It's not taught. So mm -hmm. that's sort of where that piece comes in. That's so amazing. I feel exactly the same. I could just go off on a tangent <laughs> about this stuff. I had no idea actually that it was actually named and devised by Peter Levine. I first came across his name years ago at um, a yoga conference, which was called Yoga in the Mind. Oh, interesting. And yeah, it was so good. It was a few days in London of deep, deep exploration all of the research from putting people in um you know um uh what do you call them like cat scanners and you know oh, the, mris yeah yeah okay, kind yeah, of, yeah. Uh -huh. and and just just really looking at the way the brain functions during different states and i think yes. that's probably the first time that i heard about completing the stress cycle and just made so much sense to me you know yeah. the the um illustration of animals wild animals you know and how they Absolutely. they just shake they stand there and they shake all the stress out of their system if you know a deer has been chased by a predator or something then they yes. like, they realize innately that yes is not healthy for this yeah. in their body and it's like yeah. wow like humans are so slow sometimes <laughs> <laughs> well it's funny 
because we have that innate wiring within us too, but it gets interrupted along the way. You know, there was a few years ago where I fell down the stairs in my house and I was alone and I just let my body lay there and I let it sort of work out what it needed to do. And I must have laid there about, and Peter Levine has similar experiences and talks about examples in his books, but I let my body lay there and then over, to, you know, it does its thing. It twitches, it pulses, it vibrates. I cry a little, right? It has its organic way that it knows yeah. how to complete, but we interrupt it. We get right back up. We keep, we keep moving, we override, and then everything gets stuck. Yes. Yeah, no, I, I find this stuff so amazing and it's just so valuable in terms of any kind of performance, like whether you want to call that just being a better human being or, or being able to operate very well in relationship with others, like your family yeah. or your lover or in business, Absolutely. you know, it's across the board, it is invaluable knowledge that we each need. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's amazing. So tell me a little bit about how do you like where is the balance here when you are working in terms of like high performance coaching? Because <laughs> to me, my the first thing that comes to my mind is completely overriding. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. It's just like go, go, go. Here's the goal. Right. That's what we're aiming for. And and that's how I my first instinctual thought about it. So how do right. you kind of rationalize? these different things and build them all into one? Yeah, it's such it's such a good question. And, and really in my own exploration and my system and just my work with so many different kinds of bodies, we're designed, we need rest states. We yeah. need repair states when rest is an active state. So I talk a lot with clients and particularly, you know, whether we're talking about a high performance entrepreneur, right? Or we're talking about an athlete, right? That rest time, that recharge time, and not like I'm checked out rest, but like a genuine deep experience in our body, in our tissues of a down regulation and a restore space is what builds our capacity to execute when we need to, when it counts, right? Because there are going to be times where we do have to override, right? Particularly, you know, when we're in different positions in our business or we're, you know, we're in a launch, right? Or we're, or there's a competition, right? If I'm talking about an athlete, right? Like, and there are certain times where that has to happen. And the more I'm building in these other pockets of time for that down regulation, the more capacity I have to execute when it counts, the more energy I have have, right? As a, as a person running my own business, the more time I'm building in for play, the more time I'm building in for rest, then increases my productivity and increases my capacity to access my gifts in a really big way and, and increases the efficiency. So it's, it's working on mindset a bit around what rest really is, because we've been so conditioned as in our cultures, right? Like that more is doing, right? Yes. Like doing more is how you're going to get to your goal. Um, and if, you know, for a lot of us too, in my family, you know, I've got the Jewish, like, if you're not struggling, <laughs> then you're going to fail, right? So yeah, everything has yeah, to be yeah. real hard, right? <laughs> and so it's, it's working to sort of shift that and help teach the body how to rest, 
how to repair, what it looks like and feels like at a felt sense experience level, right? What is happening in the body? Um, and so I have, there's another modality that I'm trained in that's called the melt method that uses these little rubber balls and these large soft foam rollers that hydrate the connective tissue and bring in a down regulation in the system. So a lot of times for my high performers um, across all levels that are having trouble just meditating or resting or getting their body to be still or stop. <laughs> right? Whether it's thinking or doing or being, I love melt method because it gives a very concrete thing, a concrete input into the nervous system that then brings it down and releases the stuck stress, releases the tension. And you can have at least for a minute or two <laughs> or an hour, right? An experience in your body of that down regulation. And then it's over time, helping the body learn how to do that and learn that that's a safe thing, learn that that's a generative thing to mm. be doing. And you can shift your relationship with that in your system. Mm, I love I that. Related. I love that. Reminds me of um, doing yin yoga. Yeah. And, and just holding positions for, a, you know, quite a long time. Yeah. So you're actually shifting what's happening in the fascia right in your you're moving stuff inside your body which yes. always blows my mind it's like whoa what's happening here you know and the, and the depth of relaxation is like it's like nothing else yes I always say to my clients like seated meditation is probably the hardest modality for most westerners oh absolutely without yeah. doubt because we're right. not really designed to do that right. you know so right. like why not why not do a moving meditation so you can actually be in your body right use your body to then affect your mind which yeah you know sounds very very much like the principles underneath the melt method yeah, absolutely. And also what happens over time in the tissues is from repetitive movements or from patterns that we hold in our system, right? Our bodies go into certain patterns, depending on how we're interacting, depending on our behavior. And so, and it's automatic, right? It's very similar to how, when we show up it, and we're responding in a trigger, we're jumping to a fight response, or we're not able to say no, right? Our body in the same way is holding these different patterns. And so what I love about melt is it's flushing the sediment. It's flushing the environment of that connective tissue to bring in more fluidity so that you can have more choice in a moment, right? And that you can create space for other things in your system, new patterns to kind of come back and emerge. I love this. I love this so much. It's, <laughs> it's like the, it's like the same things, just using slightly different language, yeah. different modalities. You know, I talk a lot about um dealing with the residue that we collect on a daily basis and yes. addressing that so that it yes. doesn't get all backed up and stuck and yes really viewing ourselves as this conduit for life force energy so we we are like the channel for it to come through and our only job is to create the conditions for it to actually come through clearly yeah and when we do that then 
we are the unique expression of that life force energy which is like yay this is what <laughs> we're all meant to be doing here you know so actually yeah, really exciting really quickly yeah yeah, yeah. i love it yeah, and it's so interesting, right, how we all are piecing together and finding those things that work best for our system. You know, when I work with clients, it's like, I'm not in your body, right? I have lots of suggestions, like I have ways that we can be looking and angling at this, but this is about people coming within their own selves and learning what their system is communicating, right? Because we're not taught how to do that as, ki as kids. We're, we're not taught that there are these ways that our nervous system communicates to us and, and speaks to us. And we just think that we have a lot of depressed and over anxious kids and we're not teaching them sort of what needs to, <laughs> the fundamentals here. Yeah, I mean, it's really heavy conditioning, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. And I know that you, do you homeschool your kids? Did I read that right? Yeah, so I have um, an eight-year-old who I, yeah, I homeschool or what I would call unschooling, which is we don't use curriculum. Um, yeah. And then my 16 year old is home, but he goes to like an online high school. So he's working in his own timing and in, in his room yeah. in his own. Yeah. But yeah, my, my eight year old were, were making that choice right now. Oh, so good. So, so good. And I, you know, I have two children of my own who are grown now and uh -huh. the, the thought of what a gift that could be, you know, to actually give them all of this information but not have to squeeze it in kind of in the gaps left by right. school because right. that it's confusing, you know, yeah. I do. I remember that. And I, I feel for them because I feel like with a free thinking mother and father, you know, it was, it was hard for them at school. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. were like, well, why? <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like, it, yeah, it takes a lot of work, but I really, I really respect that, um, that dedication, you know, because it is the next generations that are going to keep this kind of thread running throughout, yeah. you know, and, and that's sure. something that I feel really strongly about. It's like, yeah, let's teach our kids and let's, let's really pass this through as education because yeah. it's, it's never selfish, like doing this kind of work and then you right. finding out or me finding out, you know, what makes me work the best, what makes you work the best. It's never, ever selfish or wasted because right. the ripple effect is so huge. Oh, massive. Absolutely, mm. absolutely massive. And I just feel so grateful that we're in a position where we where we can do that, where I have the privilege to be able to, you know, work from home and I have an older son that can watch my younger son, when I have a client, you know, it's, and we're able to, to really make, make that work. Um, my, my, my little one is definitely here to show us that there's another way to do education other than yeah. school. <laughs> yeah, that, that is funny that my youngest was the same. Mm -hmm. My teacher completely. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. mm, yeah. Interesting. And I, I remember reading a little bit in your, um, the info that you put in for the podcast um, about your one of your sons being very much like your husband. That's my little fiery. one. Yeah, a little fiery Italian. Yes, Spitfire. Yes, for sure. Have you found that to be like an initiation of sorts? 
Oh, I mean, for both of them too. I mean, I think, you know, cause in my family, both, both my, my parents had really traumatic, um, significant traumatic family upbringings. And so they worked really hard. I mean, they did, I mean, we always do the best that we can and they worked really hard to make sure there was no anger in my family. So um, I had no access to any, the anger for me, emo that emotion was super shut down and really fright was really frightening to either be around or experience in, in my body. And so having, so my husband is an Aries also. So um, <laughs> we got all the all, fire, all the fire, all the fire. Um, so he has been definitely a big initiation. We have a joke that he's my anger guru and, um, and my little one as well. And I think through, you know, my little one had a lot of birth, had some birth, experiences that created some some real significant stuckness in his fight response so he came into the world with the cord wrapped around his neck fine the the you know um midwife flipped him around a couple times and he was breathing but that meant he really entered the the world fighting for his life so yeah. any um breach of a boundary or a perception of a breach of a boundary would send my little one really to, to 10 in no time and yeah. so we played a lot of games and did a lot of somatic work when he was little which helped me um thaw my freeze around play fighting and giving him really productive outlets to be able to be in that healthy fight expression and through that I then got to play and access and start to make the facial expressions and start to like let myself even think about screaming or yelling or being in that so it's it's been a um a massive initiation because my default was always shut down or avoid or um fawn so that I was trying to prevent anger situations yeah, yeah. oh it's it's such a joy to hear this because I think I'm I feel very very familiar with all of the ways that we each of us kind of go to a coping mechanism but then to actually do the work and to actually get into the body and start to experience what is happening and start to change those patterns yeah like that is a whole thing that is that <laughs> is a really thing. big deal you know yeah, yeah. it's the difference between academic learning yes. and, and embodiment yes a hundred percent yeah 100%. which is just huge you know and that is the difference between people just being really well informed or actually changing behaviors and getting different results right right yeah. And I, and I think what was so interesting too, about me and what I've really noticed over my journey is sort of, it's like, I took the somatic experiencing training and then I had all these tools. And so, you know, my biggest thing was not taking on my husband's anger and, and feeling badly. And really, how do I not, I mean, cause that was just my pattern of pulling in everybody else's stuff and working it like it was my own. Um, so really working at how to separate that out. Um, and be comfortable in my system. You know, I had tools to do that. I'd wake up in the morning, I'd feel his anger that he had to go to work, had nothing to do with me, right? And I'd work my tool and I'd settle my body down. And there's been this huge shift over the last three years of it just happening now. There is no thought around it. It's just the way that my system has now adapted and learned, right? Like after we do the work and the practice, 
practice, you know, I mean, I still have to sometimes remind myself, but right. For most of the time now I'm able to be in this dynamic where my, my system really has changed. My, my responses have changed. They're different. Yeah. It's Um, that unconscious competence, isn't it? Right. Right. You, you practice so much that you do actually alter what the instinctual responses, which is just so beautiful. I mean, it's, it's amazing what we're capable of. Yeah, it's yeah. so, so amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm interested to hear more from um, what I've read from you about kind of human potential. And um, I guess, I guess maybe part of your big why and part of your overall vision for the kind of work that you're involved in because that is always something that I find really lights me up as well. So have you, have you got um, anything that you could kind of offer into the pot along those lines of like, what is your big vision? You know, what is your, what do you want your legacy to be? <laughs> big question. A, <laughs> a big question. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think in general that, that is shifting and changing as, as my path shifts and changes. And underneath everything is that I really, from my own journey and being able to, like, I really feel like I've shifted my DNA. I really feel like I've changed. I mean, I am a different person than I was. And so being, and that we're all mirrors and reflections of each other. And so being that mirror of potential of being able to change in order to, to give that kind of hope, because we're all, I mean, we hold so much amazing magical potential in our systems that we don't, I mean, we're barely scratching the surface. Mm. And so to be able to start to have windows into that kind of, of magic and, and connection in that way, light, I mean, really lights me up. And, and I also think too, you know, I mean, uh, this mixed relationship with the word healer, I, I do call myself a healer, sort of like what we're healing, but you know, when we're working on ourselves, when we're in that curiosity and in that place, I mean, like you were saying before, we're having this ripple effect, right? We're, we're healing our families, been doing a lot of ancestral work. We're here healing our lineages. Like I really feel like for me, I'm here to heal a lot of, a lot of evil that has been in my family system. And, um, and so through my own just personal exploration, right? I know and trust and can see real time with my parents and my kids shifts and changes by just turning inward and working on my own stuff. So, yeah. So creating and holding those spaces for people so that they can tap into whether they need healing, whether they're in an integration period, whether they're diving into expansion and what's happening and working with different realms and different dimensions and calling in other gifts. Like I really feel like I can meet people really well because I go really deep. Mm -hmm. And so, (laughs) and so I really get jazzed up about holding that depth. Um, of yes. space for people to to play that's why we connected <laughs> <laughs> yeah there is definite simpatico there for sure yeah. I feel the same I feel like creating the conditions is one of the reasons why I'm here 
so that we can connect so deeply because that's part of the joy of being a human being on this plane right nobody wants to do it on their own we we want to do it together and any evolution that happens happens across the board it happens with everyone right remember um someone really close to me years ago um who did a lot of work with um Taoism and Qigong and Tai Chi and he used to talk about healing happening um when we when we heal in the body and we heal in the here and now it goes seven generations back and seven forwards yes and I I never and I still don't really like know anything else other than I can feel that to be true yeah you know I just I I don't know like where it comes from I don't know how (laughs) the hell it would ever work I just am like yeah that's true because I can feel it yes yeah yeah that is often how I know when you know 99% of the time that's how I know something is true is because I feel it in my body right right I'm with you too (laughs) yeah yeah my information comes through yeah exactly exactly and I just think teaching people how to do that for themselves is surely like the biggest gift that you could ever leave somebody with because they don't need to follow anyone they don't need anything else it's like they have this they have something that is there all the time yes they inhabit that can be their compass and yes their own guide and i think you know any good teacher leads leads the student back to themselves. Back to themselves. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And when we know ourselves and we feel ourselves, right, we can then differentiate out, right, the information that's coming through, whether that's other people's energy, whether that's a guy that's trying to communicate with us, whether it's a gift that's ours or not ours, right? And, you know, so the more we sort of are in our healing and we're amplifying and being in our own essence, the greater than access we have to our potential and to our gifts. So big. I remember the first time I that happened upon me, that realization, like, oh, that's not mine. <laughs> and it was like, it just blew my mind, you know, just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Coming, from a, coming from a kind of conditioning of enmeshment, and like recovering codependency and all kinds of stuff it was like oh wow like I have a choice if I know (laughs) that's not mine I don't have to play with it you know yeah yeah wild the freedom you know yes yeah I I so relate to that too I mean the way that my teacher said it it was after my somatic experiencing training I then did some energy work and this infinity healing modality and she was like not only is it not yours, but we actually can't heal stuff that's not ours. Mm -hmm. And that to me blew my mind because I was, you know, in cycles of a lot of breakdown in my body at the time. And it was like, I just kept trying to be in this process that wasn't for me because it wasn't mine. Wow. Wow. That is profound. Yeah, it was was that same thing. I was like telling everybody, did you know (laughs) that energy you have isn't yours? It was like such a, such a big deal. And it's, I mean, and it's been amazing too, just in looking at, you know, 
how I got love as a kid was being taken care of. And so I manifested in my body, all sorts of sickness. Cause that's, I mean, my parents, I mean, I bless, I, I love my parents. Um, and they did the best they could, but it was like, you know, we were always going to doctors and we were, it was like the thing we did together. It was like our bonding connection was figuring out the illness in my system. And it was really, it was taking on a lot of, of their anxiety and, and how, and it was showing up in my body. Mm-hmm. It's, isn't it incredible how we adapt? Yeah. You know, the, the adaptation process to get our needs and wants met. Oh, it's brilliant. We have brilliant systems. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. This is, this is such amazing food for thought. This yeah, is. for sure. So um, how do you like who who do you work with at the moment? Like, and yes. how, how can you help people? How can I kind of direct <laughs> people to you? Yeah. So I have a variety of one on one what I would call like co creative containers. So I work with P I do a lot of work with people who are early in their maybe coaching or somatic journey and are looking for more like somatic and energetic skill sets. So I have a mentorship for those folks. And then I also work a lot with entrepreneurs who are holding lots of pieces, lots of fabrics of life. And so I'm working with people to expand their capacity to, to hold it all with ease. So I have sort of a, a range of containers that I really love working one-on-one with folks. I find, you know, we're tuning into your unique system and we're able to sort of really look at and and gather around sort of what your body is trying to communicate with you. So just a range of of people and experiences. So I do a lot of work with practitioners who might be somatic practitioners themselves and are looking to go really deep and are looking to maybe do some ancestral healing and to look at some of those repetitive patterns and to do some deep clearing and then sort of tapping in and connecting and amplifying their energy and amplifying their essence and their gifts. So it's, um, yeah, it's split. And then I also work with athletes, so. (laughs) Okay, amazing. Keep it interesting. Yeah, yeah, mix it all around. So good, and I really love that piece about expanding our capacity because I'm I'm so familiar with that the kind of ping back you know yes like the like yeah okay let's do all the things and then yeah and expand but then you're not ready for it or your system can't handle it so it just kind of shuts down and goes like out again and it's just absolutely like wow okay yeah concerting and quite violent you know it can be especially when we've done a lot of work or we've done a lot of mindset work and we really like know that we're ready and so to then have the body shut down or rebel or like fail us quote unquote right can be really can be really upsetting and there are these natural like expansion contraction um processes that our system goes through so it's like learning how to tune in and connect to your own so that in a really titrated gradual way right we're working to hold more um because there are lots of ways energetically that the body and system are are, it's not safe to hold more it's not safe to be visible it's not safe Mm -hmm. to be in front of a hundred people um, from past stuff. So intellectually, you can want to do that all you want. If your body feels like that's not, <laughs> that's not a healthy choice 
right? That, that, that overrules that wins. Yeah, exactly. You can do mindset work all day long and, <laughs> and it's not going to make any difference unless your body and your system are prepared. Right. You can, you can receive, but whether you can hold or not, depends right. on how ready and right. prepared and kind of um, stabilized your system is. Absolutely. So, and mm -hmm. I think the other thing that I really find too with more high performers is there is such capacity to override yeah. that oftentimes, right, the recognition comes afterwards in crashes. So yeah. you get sick or, you know, <laughs> you're exhausted or you get a flare up of an old thing you know, so mm -hmm. that it, that you can feel really good while it's happening, but there can be just so much energy that you're holding that it's just overload for your system. So yeah. learning how to filter that, how to hold that, how to have support with that, that's available, um, you know, with, with different energies is, can be really useful to, yeah, having that consistent ability to show up in the way you want to show up for your relationships, for your family, for your business. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I love the, the depth of self-knowledge that I keep diving into in, in my own journey. And often, you know, working with clients, it's, I, I always say like the work that comes through me, it works me as well. Yeah. Like, oh, I yeah. Don't choice. <laughs> oh. Like, this, this is happening. <laughs> And, and to know what those patterns are feels so empowering. You know, there's a particular freeze pattern that I'm very familiar with now where I know that if something comes into my field that feels super challenging or very emotional, there'll be a period of hours where <laughs> I, I appear to be coping brilliantly, you know, and I'm actually, I'm just in total freeze. Yeah. I'm just in, I've just gone like, oh, lid on. You yeah, know? and I know that it's coming, so I know yes. to make space for it. Yes, you know, and as the more that I do that, then the shorter the time period gets as my brain right. learns that it's safe. But learning not to rush it and not to go like just because I know like it should go faster, like that's been a huge piece of work for me. Yeah, yeah, I think for a lot of us, yeah, yeah the impatience. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, I don't know what's going on here. Like, why can't I just hurry it up? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and the body's really dictating the pace that it, you know, that it wants to be in. I mean, because the the disruption or the trauma or whatever you want to call it, right, is coming from not listening to the system and, and it being affected, right? So you and I love that so beautiful, right? Continuing to create that space, welcoming it, expecting it, right? Gives it permission to be there. And then it doesn't need to be there as much or as loud yeah, exactly. as you move forward. Exactly. Oh, I love it. It's been so amazing talking to you. It's been, oh, it's been really fun. I love it. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> I am going to make sure that I put all of the links to you in okay. the podcast information so that people can contact you. Great. Um, yeah, and come and speak to you and learn more. Because okay. What an amazing lady with amazing gifts to share. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for me. Yeah. Right.